welcome to Not Just Pretty Faces, the podcast that celebrates women who are killing it. I'm so excited to share the stories of the women who have put their skills to the test and are working their way to the top of their game, if they're not already there. These women are brilliant, funny, and full of powerful magic. They are not just pretty faces. Hi, I'm Marina Jensen, your host and a mental fitness and resilience coach, an advocate for being experience-informed, and I help women have more success, better relationships, and less stress, which gives them more happiness in their lives. Let's get started with today's episode. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Not Just Pretty Faces. Today, we have my friend Amber Headline. She is a phenomenal woman. She is doing all kinds of amazing things in life, and uh, I'm super excited to introduce her. I've got some quick fire questions I'm going to ask her, and then I'm going to have her do a little self-introduction. So are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. (laughs) Where are you from? I am born and raised in Iowa. But I like to consider myself somewhat of a Colorado girl, too, since I lived there for 12 years, but technically Iowa native. Okay. And where do you currently live? Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Nice. Who do you text the most? That would be my husband. (laughs) Absolutely. 100%. (laughs) Probably the best. (laughs) Right. Favorite trip you have taken? Ooh, um, for my five-year wedding anniversary, me and Eric went to Greece for 14 days. Oh, I remember the pictures from that trip. Mm, that was amazing. It was uh, incredible. Yeah. And how do you self-care? I sleep a lot. I read a lot. I listen to music. I work out a lot. I get massages every two weeks and I pay somebody to clean my house. Nice. (laughs) All of that sounds amazing, especially the paying somebody to clean the house. (laughs) Yeah, that is money well spent. Money well spent. Yeah, and that's absolutely a form of self-care in my opinion. Anyway, before we get too off track, um, tell us a little bit about you. Well, it's so fun talking about yourself, right? Mm -hmm. So I am a mother and a wife. So I have two children. I am slightly obsessive with things. So I have an obsessive personality, which means that if my focus is on something, it's kind of hyper-focused. So I I tend to hyper-focus on things. So I like to work out a lot and that kind of fuels that obsessive fire for me. And I really enjoy lifting and running and cycling and swimming and doing all of those fun activities, especially when it's super nice outside. It's really enjoyable. And then to live, to make money, I am a licensed massage therapist and I own my business called Salveo and we are a self-care studio in Cedar Rapids in which I do massage. And then I'm also a precision nutrition coach. So I help people with their either weight management goals or eating goals, things like that. I love it. Um, Not 
uncoincidentally, I also have space inside Salveo, which is an, oh. an amazing space. But let's talk about Salveo for a quick second because it opened last year and last year was 2020. So how did that go for you? Well, it was very anxiety producing. So I had put into motion my plans to build out Salveo before the pandemic. So uh, November, December, 2019, I had finalized my plans and my build out actually started in February of 2020. And then uh, they shut us down as far as doing massage and quarantine in March, middle of March, right? 2020. So my build out was still happening and I was still writing big checks, but I wasn't, I wasn't making any money, <laughs> which kind of, you know, you know, makes you clench up a little bit, but uh, it seems to be uh, fortuitous. I, I'm not exactly sure why I feel that way. I think having quarantine allowed me to get some things done that I might not have had time to do to get ready to open Salveo. So I'm not saying it's necessarily a bad thing. It was just a little anxiety producing with a lot of unknowns, unknown variables happening. But I do think a lot of people did realize that they need to take care of themselves and their bodies and their minds and their spirits and their emotions. And so we have a space to offer people that sort of self-care and healing. And so I think people, they, they're coming in and they're enjoying their experience in our space. They are there. And I think you're absolutely right. I think 2020 was completely the year of we need to take care of ourselves and um, which of, of all of the crap that happened, I think that's one of, I would say probably the top 10 things that came out of 2020 is this realization that, that self-care is super um, vital. And Absolutely. Um, so within Salveo, there's you massage therapists. So how many massage therapists are there? We have three to four, depending on how many, we need to, to tackle overflow. So two permanent in-house um, and then one kind of three-quarter time and one part-time massage therapist. And then Christy is our licensed acupuncturist. She has a room there. Mm -hmm. Of course, you have a room there too. Mm -hmm. And then Susan, our esthetician, has a, has a space in there as well. And so we do those services as well as we have a hydrotherapy tub which, you know, you put Epsom salts in and soak your life away, which is pretty awesome. And then we have yoga classes and we do workshops to help people learn more about their bodies. Yeah. And, and um, their brains and their abilities. Yeah. You had a, a stretching class that I went to and it was great. I, I didn't, I had forgotten <laughs> how flexible I actually am. <laughs> Until you get into those positions, right? Check in with yourself now and then. Right. And I was like, wait a minute, I can actually do that. Um, yeah. So this podcast, Not Just Pretty Faces, is really about the brilliance that we as women hold. And you are pretty darn brilliant when it comes to, uh, well, a lot of things, but especially the body and the way that things um, move and the way that we, our bodies overcompensate for each other and, uh, really just being resilient. 
Can you talk a little bit more about that journey and how and why you chose this profession? Sure. Well, I always wanted to help people. I just didn't realize what capacity that would be. And so I jumped from career to career, police officer, animal control officer, desk job, all sorts of things. And but one thing that was constant is massage. So I've gotten massage for various things throughout my life. My aunt is a massage therapist as well. And I always knew that that felt good. That felt relieving. I always looked forward to the day that I would be getting a massage. And then uh, being an athlete, uh, bodybuilder, um, and then the, doing all the movement that I do, I came to realize that massage doesn't just feel good. It actually helps balance the muscles and balance the body and actually relieve the mind through stress and emotional release and things like that. So when it came time to make a career change, I decided to give this whole massage thing a try. And the very first day of class, I kind of had this like epiphany where I was like, oh, <laughs> this is where I'm supposed to be. These are my people. This is my tribe. We all kind of collectively understand the, the, the body and how it works and how amazing and resilient and all encompassing it does and all the things it does for us every second of the day that we don't even realize and just how magnificent it is. And as a massage therapist, to be able to help somebody realize that too, maybe through touch or awareness or telling them, hey, I'm noticing this thing that's going on with your muscles. You might need to address it in this way or that way or stretch more. And having that light bulb go off for them as well, like, oh, I feel so much better. And then hopefully the next time they come back in for massage, they're like, oh, that problem went away because of the suggestions you made. So I just, I love that so much about my job is people are happy to see me. I'm happy to work with them. We work together to help their body feel better. And then they leave feeling great. And it's really just a win-win situation and a win-win career. I just can't even say any more about how amazing it is. And then working with the body, it's just so fascinating. I, I come across so many different things and complexities and it makes me think, which I like the creative aspect of my job, not what every massage is the same, not every body is the same. So it challenges me to think about how am I going to help this person today? Yeah. And I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have had a massage with you and <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> it's, it's, it's actually one of the beauty, the, the nice things about working with in Salveo is that there, you can have access to every single person. And if it works out schedule wise, like, Hey, um, are you, do you have a client coming in anytime soon? Can you do this little thing? Or can we get, <laughs> can we sit here for a second? Can we, can we balance this? Whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's phenomenal. I love that. But, and yes, I, I totally understand what you're talking about having this epiphany. Like this is exactly what we're supposed to be doing. And, and knowing the body, the way that you do is, is phenomenal. I also want to talk about uh, fortified physiques and mm -hmm. the, the fitness coaching that you're mm -hmm. doing as well. Yeah. Um, how did you get started in that? Well, I was a bodybuilder, so I went from being a competitive bodybuilder to professional bodybuilder. So I spent a lot of time 
in that realm. So in the realm of uh, my off season, building muscle and eating a lot of food to grow, understanding what portion sizes were and how much food my food my body actually needed to accomplish some of those goals, whether it's building muscle or then getting ready for a competition, stripping fat off of your body and, and understanding like these uh, quantities of food is what I need versus um, you know over overeating, which I think the majority of people do just because we don't necessarily understand portions. And so going from eating in a surplus to cutting weight and everything in between maintenance phases, just being in a good place with your hormones and your eating and your mental state, I realized that there's a very few amount of people in this world that actually know what their body needs as far as how much food to eat. And I don't necessarily tell people what to eat. Like I don't say, oh, it should be chicken and rice and broccoli all day long. Like, no, that is not fun and is not sustainable for people. And mm -hmm. people have all these taste buds for a reason. We should celebrate eating and the community that it brings and the love of eating that I have, but knowing, hey, this is how much food I actually need to eat right now. And I really don't need to eat more. I don't need to eat less because my goal is X, Y, Z. So I decided I would start my business. It's kind of my side hustle since massage is my first love, but I do have all of this knowledge about that floating around in my head. And plus the precision nutrition certification I got on top of that real world experience really kind of solidified that, yes, I should probably be putting this out in the world and trying to help people um, learn how to eat for their life. Yeah, totally. And from a gender perspective, how many physique coaches or fitness coaches are women in your field? You know, I would say it's almost 50-50 at this point. Really? Um, I did notice at the beginning of my bodybuilding career that it was more males, but women have really launched themselves into the fitness industry and really taken the reins and taking control. And I think it's important because you're having more women entering these um, physique competitions and bikini competitions, and they're, they're really just taking it by storm. And you, you see the amount of men bodybuilders versus women bodybuilders is a lot less than it used to be. So um, you're seeing a lot more women take control and getting after it. Nice. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I wanted to ask you was how did you, um, how did you go from the previous your how, how do I want to word this question? How did you get into bodybuilding? Because mm -hmm. you, you used to not, right? No. Yeah, no, <laughs> I used to be, I used to be very unhappy and very overweight and not working out. So I was a high, uh, high school athlete and uh, then I went to college and then I got pregnant and I got married and then I got divorced. And so that whole time frame was devoted to my children my marriage, my schooling, and not necessarily me. And so when I got divorced, I moved back to Iowa from Colorado because I spent a long time there. And I realized that I had let myself completely go, like mentally, emotionally, and definitely physically. I was very overweight for my frame. 
and I was very unhappy and everybody could tell, everybody knew it. And so I decided to get my act together. So I joined Pharaoh's, which is a, uh, it's a regional uh, fitness program. And I spent half of my first entire first paycheck on that membership. So I knew I had to take it seriously. And I did. And the giveaway prize money. So I won $1,000 for prize money for my session. And I kind of really just got like bit by the bug. And so instead of my obsessive personality focusing on food and eating, it was focused on working out now. And then I kind of got to a point where it wasn't getting me any further with ferals. And I decided that I wanted to improve my physique in a more muscular way, a more um, aesthetically pleasing way, I guess is the way I should put it. So I was on Pinterest <laughs> of all places and I was just Googling, and I don't actually want anybody to do this, but this is what I did. And I'm just telling you what I did. I Googled uh, fitness models, right? Like I wanted to look like a fitness model. So I was like, well, what do I have to do? And so I started researching who these people actually were like, who are these people? And mm -hmm. a lot of them are bodybuilders. I mean, they're not the super steroided out bodybuilders. They're the bikini competitors and the fitness competitors who don't have that huge, like obscene muscle look to them. And I was like, well, if I want to look like that, I got to do what they do. So I decided, well, I'm going to jump into a bodybuilding competition. And my sister decided to do it with me. And so it was nice having accountability from uh, her and so we did our first bodybuilding competition and it was it went well I did well for not having a coach and then realized I wanted to take it further and I got a coach and spent the next eight years perfecting my physique which I can tell you now looking back it was not a very healthy approach but I did learn a lot so there's pluses and minuses to every obsession apparently <laughs> I think that's a fair statement. Yes. Right. What do you think is the most important lesson you learned during that time? Oh, there's so many. I would say the most important one is to put your health first. You know, bodybuilding can be so extreme so extreme in, in both ways, you know, extreme amounts of time in the gym, extreme amounts of time obsessing over food. And it's, it's not always a healthy outcome, right? Your hormones can suffer. Your, your body fat percentage goes way down when you're cutting weight and it really messes with your body function and your hormones. And so I realized that once I got out of bodybuilding, the amount of damage I had actually done to my body and I wasn't putting my health first. I was putting a look first. I was putting what I wanted to look like over how my body was actually functioning and that it wasn't healthy for my body. So I, I realized that, I guess the number one thing I realized was I need to start putting my health first instead of maybe what I think I want to look like. I think that's a great lesson. <laughs> right. <laughs> Too bad it took me so long to figure it out. <laughs> well, and, and a lot of people do that, right? They put what they want to look like ahead of everything else. And I do see that a lot. Yeah. Especially in my clients, when they come and we sit down and we have an initial consultation, 
they're like, well, I want to lose 20 pounds or I, I want to look like this, or I want to put on muscle. I want to be more toned, all these things. And they think it's just a matter of cutting calories to the point where they hit that goal. And what I try to emphasize is we will get there when we get there, when we get the daily habits in order for you to create a lifestyle that will get you there because I can get you there in a short amount of time if you're dedicated and restrictive enough. But at the end of that, now, where are you? You're just leaned out. You're super restricted in your diet. Maybe you're obsessed about food now. Maybe it's not a healthy situation. And now what have I done to you? We've essentially wrecked your metabolism and wrecked your mental state and wrecked your outlook on your eating. So uh, I try not to give up, right? Yeah, or they give up, or they give up because it's too hard, it's too restrictive. So I try to tell people this is a process, and this is I'm the type of coach that wants you to meet your goals, but to do it in a healthy way and to not put a time frame on it. Yeah, that's important. And and you're so right. Calories in versus calories out. That is that everything that I have ever looked at when I have decided I'm going to lose weight, they always talk about calories in versus calories out. They do, but that's not the whole story. It's, it's not. It's only a part of the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the quality of the, of the calories as well. Yep. Yeah. And is there some, now the other thing I want to know is that I don't know why I want to know this, but I do. <laughs> they, so a pound is a pound is a pound is a pound. Why, or what, where does it come from when people say muscle weighs more than fat? <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you do take a pound of, of like, if you, okay, it's really hard for me to explain, but occupies less space in your body for the amount of volume, right? So, I mean, if you take this much fat Mm -hmm. and this much muscle, the muscle is going to weigh more because it is more dense and it holds more cells and blood and things like that. So it's more dense and therefore it ends up weighing more. So, I mean, fist size fat and fist size muscle is not just this it's the muscle is going to weigh more okay then that helped like because when i when i hear that i think but a pound is a pound is a pound is a pound and i like i knew that muscle takes up less space than fat but anyway so that's how my brain was like how my brain works sometimes I want to know (laughs) (laughs) right how does that work I'm Um, sure there's a more scientific definition but that I like visuals so yeah right yeah but it is possible to weigh more after reducing fat is that true absolutely okay yeah Definitely. Uh, I have pictures of myself at the same weight I am now. I'm about, depending on the time of day, around 165 pounds. And so I have pictures of me from before I started weightlifting at 165 pounds. And you would not believe I was the same person if you were just looking at my physique. Uh, Because 
that 165 pound person before lifting weights and my the muscle, the fat occupying more space in my body than muscle, I look really flabby. And then the 165 pounds I've got now, now more muscle occupies space than fat. So my body fat is a lot less and it's really apparent visually and how my clothes fit that I might weigh the same, but I, my body composition is definitely not the same. Right. I think that's super important for people to hear too. So like louder for the people in the back, right? You can weigh exactly the same. That's why checking your weight by actual weight is not the best course of action. Just like calories in versus calories out is not the best course of action. Absolutely. Uh, we use weight as just one measuring tool, but we also take pictures and we do body measurements and actually ask people how they feel, their energy level, how their clothes are fitting. All of those things are infinitely more important than what the scale says. And honestly, the scale is just going to tell us whether your weight is going up or down. It is not telling us anything else about what's going on in your body. If someone absolutely has to have a scale for whatever reason, is there a certain kind of scale that you would be like, all right, if you're going to do it, this is the kind that you should get. Like mm, one no. that has BMI readings and stuff like that. I mean, you totally can. If you're a, if you're a data nerd and you really like to have all of that information to pour over, analyze, obsess over, and just make yourself feel miserable about, miserable about you totally can do that. <laughs> but I mean, honestly, we're just looking at weight here uh, and yeah. those other things fine, but they're not super accurate with just a scale. Um, more about how you feel and how your clothes fit is definitely gonna be a better indicator. But, and then I tell my clients too, uh, most of my clients, I have them weigh every single day, first thing in the morning. And I don't worry about what the daily weigh-in says. I look at the average weight. And depending on their goal, if their goal is to drop fat and they're not necessarily putting on any more muscle, we're just dropping fat off of them, then we watch whether that average number is going down. And so the reason I do that, one, it's accountability. First thing in the morning, you're weighing yourself and now you're held accountable to that weight for the next day. The second reason is because as, and this is more for women than men, but as women, our weight tends to fluctuate wildly from one day to another. So if you were just weighing yourself maybe on Wednesdays and you're getting your Wednesday reading only, that might vary wildly from one Wednesday to the next. So we look at the average and we don't really worry about the day-to-day -day fluctuations unless I'm seeing, oh, every Sunday morning they went up four pounds because they went on a bender Saturday night. Yeah, now we can start looking at that trend. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of things that you're uncovering as you're going through this process. Yeah. I know that massage is your, like your first love. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I, I want to talk about essentially whatever it is that you want to talk about. So I, I also know that a lot of people have a lot of questions about weight management. Like it, it is a probably a multi-billion dollar industry for a lot of people because people have all of that stigma and belief systems just wrapped up in their heads about, I should look like this and I don't look like a Victoria's Secret model and you know all of those things. 
What is something that you would, if you could say anything to anybody about either or both massage and weight loss, or um, I don't want to say weight loss, what's a better term? Healthy living? Sure. Lifestyle eating. Yeah. What would you say? Well, I mean, from the lifestyle eating perspective, we are constantly bombarded uh, with visual images of what we should want to look like, not what we necessarily should look like, but what we should want to look like. And social media is not helping matters. It we're just comparison is the thief of joy. And we're just comparing ourselves to people who keep their bodies a certain way for a living, a living. They do this to get paid and they're spewing the information out there for us to consume because we have nothing better to do. And so we consume it and we think that this is what we should be looking like. And unless you're getting paid to look like that, absolutely no, absolutely not. You should not hold yourself to an unreasonable standard like that. What you should be doing is looking at your body in a way of, am I healthy? And if not, what do I need to change? Mm-hmm. Am I at a healthy body weight? If not, what do I need to change? And that comes in the form of a daily habit. It does not come in the form of a fad diet or a pill or anything that somebody is going to try and sell you. Okay, you do not need to buy anything to get healthier. All you have to do is change your daily habits and what you're doing change the thing that got you to the place that you are to where you're not healthy. And so let's, let's just stop comparing ourselves to others and stop buying things and stop creating this billion dollar industry that's not helping anybody. Let's just not do that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All the yeses. In fact, we had, uh, there was a small group of us talking one day about um, doing the last 75 days of the year. And I don't want to name that particular, uh, program, Mm -hmm. but we were talking about how difficult it was to stay on track. And, um, we all had opinions and immediately after that, you did this, you did this, um, checker sheet (laughs) and posted it on social media. And I instantly, downloaded it and, uh, printed it off for myself. And right before we got on, I, I said, I, you have one gallon, drink a gallon of water every day. And I am drinking a 64 ounce. I almost said gallon. That would have been a lot. Um, a 64 ounce jug. And I, I have yet to truly get through it. I think I did one day, um, to truly drink the entire 64 ounces, which is weird because I feel like I drink water a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the habit piece of it. So I want to, I want to talk for a second, since I have this right here in front of me, I'm going to, I'm going to share what, uh, what you have on here. So during the first phase, you have two habits two just two for mm-hmm. a daily habit, drink a gallon of water or in my case, 64 ounces and one 30 minute workout. Yep. That's easy. That's it. That's it. And honestly, it doesn't have to be every day. The check marks are there for every day. Mm-hmm. But if you get like, I don't know, five days out of seven, you're still right. winning. 
<laughs> and it's 15 days. You have 15 boxes for that. Mm -hmm. And from a, a brain perspective, because that's my specialty, the brain likes to see progress. Mm. So when you check this off, your brain is like, yeah, baby, yes. look what we're doing. Yes. <laughs> I am a big fan of checklists and sticker charts. Yes. yes. Those are my favorite things. Yes. You're because you're that's your yeah, your brain is like, let's do this thing. I got a sticker today. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then after that. So it goes in 15 day increments. So the, the second phase is a continuation of the water and the workout and the 30 minute workout, and then reading 10 pages for 10 minutes or, mm -hmm. or 10 minutes, 10 pages yeah. or 10 minutes. Right? right. And then phase three is adding, okay, now no cheat meals. Mm -hmm. And then the, the, that's third phase, fourth phase is, um, a second 30 minute workout. So it's mm -hmm. not until day 46 of doing this particular thing that mm -hmm. you're at, you're actually working out for a full hour. Right. And then the fifth phase, actually that's, that's the, the last part. Those are the yeah. same. The fifth phase should be the same because we really just want to create the habit. And those things are just kind of guidelines. I yeah. mean, if there's something besides reading 10 minutes a day that you think would benefit your life, then throw it in. Or if you don't want to get to an hour's worth of working out, throw something else in there. And it's just really a matter of adding a habit slowly one at a time and, yep. and watching that become part of your life and just something you just do automatically instead of it being a burden. Like now yep. you're like, oh, I get to go work out now because it makes me feel good and I get to check this off of my checklist or whatever. Right. And like you said about the reading, if it's not reading that you want to spend 10 minutes doing, and if you have some issue with the idea of working out or thinking like you have to go to the gym, mm -hmm. dancing. Oh yeah. Right. Like yeah. that would work too. 30 minutes uh, workout does not necessarily mean gym workout. It could just be a 30 minute walk. I yep. went for a hike with my husband through our backyard. There's a park in our backyard yesterday and it ended up being an hour and a half because we got stuck in the woods and the woods around here can be pretty treacherous <laughs> after the derecho, but um, we got full of burrs. But so it could be just a walk. Nobody's saying it has to be anything super strenuous and hard and intense, just getting up and moving. I think is what's lacking in a lot of people li people's lives right now and just getting that movement in that's all. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's the beautiful thing about when you work with your clients, you let them customize, like you don't have, it's 20 reps of 20 is not the normal is 12 normal, 12 reps of 12 to 20, 12 to 20. You're, you're fine. <laughs> I mean, you can do that if you, if they need it, but mm -hmm. like you're there to support and do whatever it is that is the most benefit to your clients. And that is something that I, I don't know that a lot of people really understand about the industry itself. Um, but also about you, like you're not, you are the most, what's the word I want to use for you? I mean, granted I'm biased because I absolutely adore you, but, um, <laughs> you are the most understanding and, um, compassionate person 
in this industry. And I don't think that I, that I personally know, and I don't know that people think that that is a, is a possibility. I think that they think that I have to do this and it's very regimented and it's blah, blah, blah. And I'll fuck it. I'm not, I can't do it. I'm just gonna, <laughs> yeah, I give up. I know. And I think if you take somebody, you have to start where somebody is at, like their chapter one is important to not skip from chapter one to chapter 20. Whereas right. I might be at chapter 20 because I've built up these daily habits. I need to start somebody at their chapter one. And that just might be a matter of the water, right? Or the 30 minute of activity. And that's what I call it with my clients. I call it an activity. I don't call it go to the gym and deadlift 300 pounds. Like, what am I, am I going to tell somebody who's never done that before to go out and do that? No, I'm not. I'm going to say, get in an activity. And yeah. so if I were to spring all of the things on them that all of these, you know, uh, social media influencers in the fitness industry are saying that they do on a daily basis. If I say, you have to do that, where's that going to put them? Oh, sorry. I almost lost my mic. Where's that going to put them? Uh, it's going to put them, set them up for failure. So I, I want people to honestly do what I ask them to do, which sometimes people don't, but I do want them to understand that if they say, oh, I cheated over the weekend. Okay. Let's drink some extra water, get back on track and figure it out. What happened? Did you know it was coming and we didn't prepare properly for it because you didn't tell me about it? Or did it just kind of happen out of the blue because you got triggered by something or you put yourself in a situation that was unhealthy or, you know, whatever the situation is. So, I mean, it's just, I, I try to be compassionate with people and come at it from their perspective, but then I also need people to kind of, uh, fear me a little bit because <laughs> I want them to actually do what I'm asking them to do. <laughs> True. Here is an interesting question. What would you rather the conversations be in the industry, either massage or fitness, healthy lifestyles? What, what would you rather people talk about instead of what they are talking about? Um, well, it's a, it's a little bit of a triggering hot button topic for me, but your body is capable of so much more if you were allow it to do what it needed to do. By that, I mean, if we stop going after fad diets or chasing after a physique that we're not going to be able to obtain or obsessing about little things like um, vitamins or, you know, uh, putting things into our body that our body doesn't necessarily need. What if we just centered our life around getting fresh air, drinking water, moving our bodies and eating foods that are in plentiful in nature. Um, so instead of eating things out of boxes all the time that have been processed, let's go back to our roots. Let's go back to, I'm going to get outside a little bit. I'm going to drink my water. I'm going to eat healthy fruits, vegetables, meats, all that stuff. And, 
and I'm just going to honor my body in that way. Like what would our body do for us in return? It would fight off disease. It would fight off illness, sickness, bacteria, viruses. We would be able to move better. We'd be able to think better. We'd be able to live better. We'd be more productive overall. So I think the, the focus needs to come more internal. What am, what am I putting in or on my body and is it helping? Not looking for outside, outside quick fixes to help us be healthy. Yeah. And we do that all the time. We're constantly looking for outside. Well, because we want, we want instant. We want it now. We want instant gratification. We want, we want to be, we want to be protected from everything else now, instead of building our body to a point where it can protect us on its own. Right. Yeah, it's so true. I, I agree. I wish that were the conversation as well. <laughs> All right. I have a couple of more questions for you. Yay. What is one book recommendation you would give to our listeners? Ooh. So uh, are you wanting fiction or nonfiction or both? Sure, both. Okay. <laughs> so for the people who want to read something fun and entertaining, my favorite book of all time is Outlander by Diana Gabaldon. It is on stars now as a show, but I highly recommend reading the book. It's is a that, series. That's the one where she goes back in time in yes. Scotland and Jamie is the guy that she... Yeah, I yeah. like I like that show. It's a good book. It's a, oh, the book is is even better. They did a great job with the show, though. They really made the show for the fans, and I really appreciated that. Yeah. But the the book, the book is where it's at. And then for you know people who don't people want maybe more knowledge of something, this book called The Body, by Bill Bryson. Okay. And it is a really fun read because he he goes into explaining all the different parts of the body, but he gives really great anecdotes and stories to go along with it. And it's really fun to read. Like you learn a lot about the body, but you don't feel like you're just reading a scientific textbook. Like you feel like you're reading a novel of sorts. Nice. So, yeah. Well, I will definitely be checking that out. Yay. Okay, last question. If you could share only one thing with the next generation of women, what would it be? Hmm. Share one thing. Just to women, huh? Well, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. I think that's a very great question. It's a hard question because there's so many things I would like to share with the women. Um, I would, I would share try not to extinguish yourself. Try not to let people or society or relationships extinguish that fire inside you and let it shine bright. Don't make yourself smaller because people can't handle how, how big you are, how big your heart is, how big your ideas are, how big your dreams are. Try not to let the world extinguish that out of you. Mm, I love that. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on today. I, I just absolutely adore you. I love everything about all the things that you're doing and thank you. 
Thank you so much, Rita. I love spending time with you. I know it's so much fun. We got to do it more often in real life. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. I will make sure that all of the links to Amber's things are in the show notes. You are welcome to share this episode with your friends. Please do actually. And if you know a woman who is uh, just kicking ass and taking names in her world, please, please send her uh, the form to fill out or you fill it out for her so that we can have her on the show in the future. And we will see all of you phenomenal people next week. Thank you very much. A special thank you to our sponsors for making this episode possible.